Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider, where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema, On this episode of Cinema Super Collider, we take a look at the 2022 vampire superhero Marvel Cinema Universe movie, Morbius. We never look at movies this uh, recent, do we? Generally speaking, it's no. Rare. No, that usually we look at something that's like contemporary, really. Yeah, we, we're generally not looking at just mostly recent box office type of things, but this one. This one had a bit of a pedigree to it of failure and just all in out internet meme goodness that we felt like we kind of needed to take a look at it. Yeah, it's it came out and it was it, it, it failed and it was hated sort of, right? Oh, universally hated on the internet and and universally ridiculed on the internet. And then it, they re-released it because they... Because it was getting so much traction on the internet, albeit negative. So, yeah, all publicity is good publicity. They're going to come and see this now because everybody's talking about it. And then no one came and saw it a second time. Exactly. And then it wound up streaming on cable. And then we watched it. Right. That's that's about it's about how it got from point A to point B, sure. But, yes... Uh, <laughs> As Eric mentioned, it, it did not do well either time it came out. I think I feel like this movie is a complete zero. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but I didn't hate it. It's like there's not much there to hate even. It's just there's, there's a, some some kind of like cheesy CGI, but there's some good CGI, I guess, in there. It's a placeholder movie, in my opinion, because Sony as a studio and Marvel as a entity and studio in its own right had a lot of plans that involved introducing this character at a number of different times over the years. Because of that, I think that they felt they needed to make a movie to explain who Morbius was and why he's in the universe. However, I don't think it was necessary, and this movie doesn't really add anything or really tell a unique enough story that you really needed to waste the two hours watching it is kind of kind of how I feel. And I think it's a missed opportunity because I do think that given the character and the subject matter, you could have made a really compelling movie, but this is not it. Yeah, well, it's, it's the story. Well, we were talking about this a little bit before, and you were saying it's kind of a Frankenstein story. It is. so More than a Dracula story. I think... I just, would agree completely. Just as a bit of bookkeeping, in case you have not seen the movie and you're not familiar with the source material, allow me to do a very brief uh, recounting of who Dr. Michael Morbius is. Dr. Michael Morbius is a character that was created by Marvel Comics, who made his first appearance in October of 1971 in Amazing Spider-Man number 101. He was not a hero. He was the antagonist in that issue. And both Spider-Man, I believe, and the Fantastic Four are kind of the the quote-unquote Marvel heroes that he most frequently went up against. In the course of the initial issue that he appears in, he actually fights... Spider-Man alongside the Lizard, a.k.a. Dr. Kurt Connors, who is another science 
monster villain. He of, was in one of the early Spider-Man movies. Yes. Yeah. he's Most notably, He's I think he's a professor that Peter Parker... Yeah, it uh, might have been Spider-Man 1 he was in. No, think, no, no, no. No? I think he makes an, he makes a brief appearance in Spider-Man 1. It's like, hey, I'm Kurt Connors. I'm a... Oh, I'm he's a, a physics teacher that doesn't like Peter Parker because he keeps showing up late to class. Uh, he's I, got a withered arm or something. Yes, yeah. he, has a, he has a physical deformity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that he is doing over the course of his existence in and amongst all of the Spider-Verse stories is that he's always trying to find a way to cure his affliction uh, as you just fill in the blank science villain in any of the Marvel stories. They're always trying to find either a way to cure their affliction or spread their affliction. Yeah, and we start with two kids in a hospital and they both have the same blood disorder. And one of them goes to medical school to learn how to cure the blood disorder and the other one is like forgotten until later in the movie is that that fair to say essentially and that is where our our source material starts uh the character of morbius as well he's a sickly person sickly child spends his entire life growing up being super smart and also a doctor and he's the original boy in the plastic bubble kind of well i don't know if i would call him the original one but it is the original one was like 75 or 76 so i think he's this is the original one well sure if you're just looking at media looking at made for tv movies yeah i was gonna say like i mean marvel has been retreading this sort of storyline for decades but yes the movie starts there so continue Oh, okay. Well, uh, years later, Dr. Michael Morbius is turning down the Nobel Prize, as they say. You turned down a Nobel Prize? And he said, yes, I can't accept the Nobel Prize for this uh, artificial blood that I made using vampire bat blood. Well, no, he turns it down because it was it was a mistake. It was the it was the mistaken byproduct of a failed experiment. He does oh, okay. not, it is not made out of vampire blood or anything like that. It is just... It is, it is a mistake, and he refuses to be awarded for that. But he, after injecting himself with some serum, he turns into a part-time vampire, unless he can get enough of the fake blood, which will tamp down his vampiric desires. He's a science vampire. He's a science vampire, sure. Yeah. And as a science vampire, none of the rules of an actual vampire really apply to him, other than a insatiable hunger for blood. Well, he's got like Daredevil's echolocation kind of thing, like, yes. a, bat, like a bat would have. They 100% ripped off the echolocation, just down to the CGI that they used in the original Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck. And he also has like super hearing and he can fly. No, he cannot fly. Oh, he can't fly. I, I'm going to be that guy. He does not have the ability to fly. He has the ability to glide on <laughs> on uh, air currents, oh, which he can, I believe, in the way that it is worded in the the lore, I believe he has some ability to manipulate the air currents, but he cannot fly. Uh, he's like that guy, that X Men guy who could would scream and then could Banshee. Banshee can fly mm-hmm. in his own screams. Yep, Sonic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so, well, I wouldn't know that he can't fly based on seeing only the movie. Well, they I know don't nothing explain about the. They lore. explain none of it except the echolocation. Yeah, bit. he's they, like flying in front of a subway at one point. It's like a really exciting part of the film. They drop like one very brief. It's one of those situations where it's like if you just weren't paying attention, then you missed it entirely. They drop a very brief bit of explanation very early on in the movie about how. The vampire bats that the serum is developed from are so lightweight and their bones are hollow that they are able to keep themselves aloft, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, catch that part. Yes, exactly. It goes by really quick. Because it's it's one sentence of, of exposition very early on in a film that you don't know you need to be paying attention to. Yep. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so he becomes he becomes a man bat basically, not a bat man, but a man bat. Yes, he becomes a man bat, but he becomes like an evil monster when he's a man bat. He's not like in control of himself. It's like he's overcome with the bloodlust. Yes, the hunger. The hunger was not a bat movie. Was not a vampire movie. The hunger. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Bowie or something was in that one. And the thing is, is that the friend. That is in this movie, which he's referred to as Milo. He's played by uh, former Doctor Who actor Matt Smith. Wasn't he called Lucian? 
So, okay. So, yes. Original, the character's actual name is Lucian. Which sounds like Lucifer. Well, the character that he is apparently modeled after from Marvel is Loxius Crown. Loxius. Doctor, I believe that is how you say his first name. Loxius Crown, a.k.a. The Hunger. Oh, and it's more interesting. The character in the film is kind of a pastiche of a bunch of different bits and pieces of the Morbius friends and sidekicks and bullshits and whatever. But in the comic book, Dr. Crown is the counterpart to Dr. Morbius, but Dr. Crown is evil. You know how he's evil? He works for Hydra because everybody who's an evil science person in Marvel works for Hydra. They wait and they scan the papers and they see an ad. Hydra is hiring and they jump on it right They're away because like, you got to wait to get into Hydra. Yes, yes. And in fact, I believe he works for the evil doctor that is highlighted in the original Nick Fury Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. movie starring David Hasselhoff, like Baron Wolfgang von Strucker, I believe oh is God. his name. It's like the League of Calamitous Intent. It is. It is. <laughs> And, uh, yes, I'm not pulling... That's that's from the Venture Brothers, which is a pastiche of all this kind of stuff. And it's wonderful. And if you have no idea what that is, you need to seek it out immediately and watch it because it's really good. It's a cartoon. It is a cartoon, yes. Uh, And I am not pulling all of this information. I am not a Morbius scholar by any stretch of the imagination. I am a bit of a Marvel girl, but I'm not a Morbius scholar. I, I I did a little research before we started the episode, so... I'm not so deep in my Morbius lore that I would be able to do all of this on my own. You are a serious enough scholar of comics that you have reached that point on the Dunning-Kruger thing where you know how much you don't know and would never dare to call yourself an expert. Although compared to me or compared to any other person on the street, you would be an expert. Well, but according to like by like Marvel Comics experts, you're not in the in that level of being an expert. No, I don't spend every waking hour, you know, researching you know, obscure Marvel yeah. characters. So and don't things. well actually you. Be, at, at, at I mean, you're well. Look, no, no, you are welcome to well actually me because, like I said, I had to do a little research and prep for this. But and I'm always, you know, looking for more information about Marvel shit. So feel free if you'd like to leave a comment in the comments section below or wherever, or just email us and tell me exactly how wrong I am about Morbius. But anyway, so in the movie, he finds a science cure for his undisclosed unnamed but very serious blood-related illness right and it starts i don't remember where it starts it's it's not in america but then it's no it's an internet it's an international waters oh the secret yacht yes right well it's not a yacht it's like a shipping like cargo ship thing okay which and they oh yeah 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 i remember they're like we have to do this in international waters so that we don't get in trouble with any of the science it's like the money people It is like the money plane, exactly. Except they're making fake blood. They're, they're making bat betting serums. on whether a, a man can fuck an alligator. I don't think that anybody was betting on if a man could fuck an alligator. Well, I think the Rumble mentioned that as something that you could potentially bet on. Well, in international space, like not space, but airspace. Yes, air rights. Air rights. <laughs> <laughs> don't get back to air rights. Yes, yes. We've just created like a three-way pastiche of burlesque. Money plane and Morbius. So it's, it's sort of like there's sort of like a pre preamble to the story, which there's, tells the story of like the two kids, and then one goes to New York, and the other one, you know, sort of like we don't know about, and Morbius goes to New York and comes up with this 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 cure, but it turns out to be a flop, but it turns him into a vampire. Right. And the thing that kind of kicks off the activity is that. Um, a mysterious vampire creature kills a nurse in the hospital, right? Right, and Morbius can't... He's killed some people. He killed people in international waters, but, you know, they were all mercenaries and no one gives a shit. Anything can happen on the money plane in international waters. <laughs> exactly. So he, But he's like, oh, God, I don't remember killing a nurse. How did that happen? I mean, but I am crazy with the blood cure, so maybe I did do it. I'm sad. And the cops immediately are like, well... It's got to be Dr. Morbius because he is 
around. It, they they make a lot of leave something at the. Wasn't there something by the body or something? They like. I liked the two cop characters in this movie quite oh, a bit. I was going to. I was going to say the worst part of this movie is Al Madrigal as one of the cop characters. I liked him. I fucking hated him. I thought it was hilarious. Every time he was on screen, I was like, please leave. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, well, you and I were are completely opposed. If in that you case. if you do not leave right now, please just fuck off my screen. I didn't mind the other guy that plays Agent Stroud from the FBI. Right, he was fine, and and I know that originally in the I think the original script he was supposed to be he's he is a character in the comic books, and he's supposed to have like a crazy like cool robotic crime solving arm. Oh, that would have been neat to Which see. they have a brief mention of, again, like if you miss the one line in the movie where he says, hey, Dr. Morbius, I want to thank you because your fake blood saved my arm in Afghanistan. Ooh, fan service, ding, ding, ding. Right, yeah. exactly. And it's like, oh, okay. Ooh, they talked about the arm. They, they talked, talked about, about the arm, arm, but they didn't show it because that's just extra CGI, guys, and we don't need to include that. Plus, there's only one cop slash badass character with a mechanical arm that anybody ever needs to see in a marvel property and that is misty knight and they kind of fucked her introduction in the netflix uh luke cage show she ended up with an arm by the end of one of those but that that those all of those series started to blend together toward the end and i was very disappointed because i really do enjoy her character in the in the comic books god i sound like a fucking nerd anyway so, it's hip to be square. Eh, sure, fine. It's hip to no marvel. So stuff. Eric and I are going to disagree on on the the cops because I thought they were fucking annoying as hell, and he apparently liked them. I thought that they were good, like comic relief cops. That is true. I mean, you did need a little bit of a palate cleanse between all of the just angst, uh, which it's a Marvel movie, so we've got to have angst because that's how Marvel tells stories. Yeah, and the FBI guy was the good cop, and the other guy was kind of like the The wacky, dumb cop. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was okay. Well, anyway, somebody's dead, and Morbius didn't do it. So who could it possibly be? Wait, let's scratch our heads for a minute. Well, there's two people with a mysterious, bloodborne but unnamed illness, one of whom is the researcher and one of whom pays for the research. So it's probably that guy. Yeah, and that is one of the doctors who, Matt, Matt Smith. Yes, Matt Smith. Not a doctor in this movie, but... The he plays Lucian slash... Milo. He Milo. plays just... He just... Honestly, he's just Milo. Milo. Yeah. All right. And so he gets a hold of the, the serum, the bat serum, and uses it on himself, but, you know, he's not using it for altruistic purposes he's using it to finally get this life that he's dreamed of having and get back at all these people who've been assholes to him his whole life that was really weird when he was a kid like all the kids beat him up because he had a disease <laughs> was right. like, all the kids were like ganging up on him and bullying him it's like it's like i got a terrible disease give me my cane back or something like, well no they'd stolen a letter that that oh okay they'd stolen a letter that michael had written to him before you know like oh, right yeah, after right. he'd been shipped oh, off to, good friends, that, to, that, that, to that, smart yeah. place in yeah. in the united states but yeah he and the thing i think that they're trying to show us in that little scene because like he gets the shit kicked out of him by a bunch of italian like juvenile delinquents it's those Italians you got to watch out for. Right? I guess. Uh, and Maybe they were in Italy. They were, on, no, they were they, not on a ship at that point. No, I'm sorry. They are not Italian. They are Greek. Oh, they okay. They are in Greece, and that actually is from the source material. He grew up in Greece, and the doctor character, who is played by the guy from Chernobyl, whose name I always forget. Oh, yeah. I don't, he's a good actor. He's a very good actor. They, the thing is, is, they had good actors in this. Like, I mean, Jared Leto's a pretty good actor. Matt Smith's a pretty good actor. The guy whose name I always forget is a pretty good actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just watched him in The Terror, which was really entertaining. Well, he's good in that. Yeah. yeah, he's very good. The thing is, is that they just didn't have anything to really work with. So uh. the script was bad. The script Let's was just say the, it. Script the script was non-existent. Was is really what the script was. It, it was a placeholder. This whole thing was a placeholder. They were trying to do this so that it could be a kickoff of some other kind of. Uh, you know, oh no! They are universe. Vi- they they are not using it as a kickoff. They are using it as a anchor point, a pivot and point. This was this this movie was very specifically made in connection with. The Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe's choice 
in the Spider-Man movies to open a rift and bring back all of these characters that had been part of Sony's original Spider-Man universe. So, and this film was made by Sony. This is a Sony movie. But One they, of the last of the Sony Marvel movies. We, we only hope. Well, I think I think that they still have the rights to all of the characters from Blade. I'm not 100% oh, sure about right, this. Right. And this movie was it was supposed to be an anchor point for two things. They they were very clearly introducing their new version of Blade. They've already cast Blade. Morbius was actually originally supposed to be a character in the 1998 Blade movie with Wesley Snipes, but he got cut for whatever reasons and then they were going to put him in the second blade movie with wesley snipes and that got cut as well and there was there was sort of like talk about maybe having a morbius standalone movie which never happened so morbius as a character and as sort of a a a pop culture like entity as far as like movies and such has been in the work since the 90s. Yeah, now see, this is what I was talking to you about earlier, and you were correcting me, because I said nobody wanted a Morbius movie. A lot of people wanted a Morbius uh, movie. Evidently, they wanted a Morbius movie for a long time. Now, this movie, this current movie from 2022, this was supposed to be an anchor point for two things. Number one, to bring those Spider-Man universe characters from Sony Pictures and Marvel Pictures into a singular storyline, which is why the Vulture played by Michael Keaton, shows up in post-credit, like, you know, the little post-credit snippets that they always do in Marvel Universe movies. Yeah, there's like three or four of them in this one. Right. Well, so the Vulture, played by Michael Keaton, is a character from the the Disney-owned Marvel Cinematic Universe because he shows up in Spider-Man Homecoming, which is an MCU Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man Homecoming, okay. Right. So, by pulling him into the Sony Spider-Verse, now we've had, we've got a way of tying those two things together. Now, the post credit sequences that are in Morbius are very clearly setting up something called the Sinister Six, which is a super group of villains that has made a billion appearances in Spider-Man comics and Marvel comics over the many years, uh, which... You know, it, it kind of depends on who was in the group at the time, but generally speaking, the Vulture is always one of the main villains. But again, we're talking about the Vulture and the Sinister Six, and we're talking about Spider-Man, and we're talking about Blade. Morbius. Where does Morbius come from? Well, why, why Morbius? Because they could. he's a new character that they could use for both of those purposes. He hasn't been tainted by any other sort of production so they could start with a fresh slate with a fresh character he has he has a, a they can throw him, attached to him they can throw him into the morbius universe they can throw him into the blade universe because he is somebody that would show up in in blade storylines as well because you know vampires so yes this movie is supposed to be an anchor point for other things and i kind of feel like because it's such a bland movie with a bland script and kind of nothing happens in it that the only reason they made it was so they could make other things. Yeah, I, and that's that's kind of where I was coming from, that nobody was asking for a Morbius movie. People were asking for a movie that would tie all of these things together and tie together the Sony and the uh, uh, Disney branches of the Marvel Universe that would enable them to reintroduce characters that were big before and uh, sort of refresh characters that we've seen in other movies and kind of tie it all together with a nice little bow. And that pivot point just was Morbius. Right. And they wanted to make a Morbius movie for a long time. Uh, But is Morbius a well-known character in the MCU? Not really. I mean... So they could also get by without really annoying all the lore people and all the all the uh, uh, continuity except, people, except there would be a small group of people that would be annoyed. Except Sony really, I think, wants to make Marvel vampire movies. Why? Because they still retain <laughs> the rights to Blade. Because oh, they can make money off of it. Well, and the thing is, is that Blade, the original trilogy of Blade movies that came out in the 90s were popular and they did well at the box office and had some really interesting and creative sequences in them. In fact, I think it's I think it's in the original Blade, but it might have been in Blade 2. The opening sequence in Blade, where it is a bunch of people at a rave 
where they're all dancing and then suddenly there's a bunch of they i think that they assume it's like a foam party where like there's a bunch of foam coming out of these cannons and it ends up being a bunch of blood and there's a huge like vampire i remember that it's like a huge vampire bloodbath rave is a cool fucking sequence and then blade shows up and does a bunch of stuff yeah it was it was neat you could have made a decent morbius movie if you had instead of trying to make it into a superhero movie which is what i think they did if you had made a straight-up horror movie about tampering in God's domain, a.k.a. like Frankenstein, mm. that would have been a cool fucking movie. Right. And him and Milo would be like, we are very much alike, you and me, Dr. Morbius. Well, <laughs> and I that think, would have worked. I think the thing is, is that also this, the actual Morbius movie tried to shoehorn in very lazily a love story between Morbius and Martine, Dr. Martine something or other. Yeah, I kind of liked her, too. And, and I felt like it, there wasn't enough, short shrift. I there mean, wasn't really, enough time. Yeah. And we didn't... Like, if you, if you needed a love story in Morbius, the love story is not a romantic love story. It is a familial, a brotherly love story between... Morbius and Milo. Uh, people might have thought that was gay, and they didn't wouldn't want that. Well, you know, whatever. But the thing is, people is are that, stupid. The thing is, is that it, it every moment I was watching this bland ass movie, I was like, if they had made it Doctor Frankenstein, aka Morbius, and the creature, aka Milo, and the two of them and their complicated relationship because of science, that's an interesting movie. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I remember about the Blade movies, other than that scene that you were talking about. I love that scene. Was that it was an R-rated movie. It was an R-rated horror movie, horror action movie from the late 80s or early 90s, I believe. And it had violence in it. Now, I'm not saying you need to have high-level violence in all these movies, but if you're going to make a horror vampire movie that's going to interface with Blade... Having a kind of a PG-13 movie, uh, I think, defangs it a little bit, if you pardon my my pun. Right. And and the thing was is that they had a lot of really... Sh- like, one of my big critiques of this movie is that there's a lot of shitty CGI in it. And there didn't need to be. Because some of the things that they... I, I'm assuming that they had Jared Leto and Matt Smith in some pretty intricate prosthetics because of the the facial stuff that they're showing. Right. And the the way that Morbius looks is very much on brand to the way that he looks in the comics. That's He's, good. Yeah, the I mean the the facial structure, the teeth, the very pale skin. He's got a little short nose like He's got a, a little short a little, nose like, in a, a, like a like a like a bat's nose. Yeah. I mean in the comic I don't even know that he has much of a nose at all to be fair, mm. but he looks very he looks very bat-like. Yeah. And that was good. What was not good were the traveling fart clouds uh, whenever they would fly around. Do you know what it reminded me of? It was like the old NFL football games that they would show and like they like the, the ball would leave a little trail through the air. Yeah. Or like when they were showing hockey back in the day and they lit up the puck with this weird like blue, blue haze. It's so like the worst the acid trailers you've ever had. Yeah, like, yeah, that's his like. It's like, like acid trails. I'm not going to assume that that the majority of our audience has, you know, dropped a lot of acid in their lifetime. But for those of you who have, it's like trailers, but not real good trailers. It's like, it's like a, a visual cacophony of trailers. If you haven't tried acid in your life, I recommend it. You should try it at least once. <laughs> this is not a medical advice from a, one out of ten doctors approves. Dr. No, this is. Yeah. <laughs> This is not medical advice, but I... Well, Dr. Morbius probably would approve of that. Well, he he murdered a mouse in the movie. Did you ever see the CGI mouse die? Yes. That was weird. Because we did a thing on uh, Andromeda Strain, where you actually see animals dying. Yeah. And it's like, probably part of the hardest part of that movie to watch is watching them murder animals. And... They murdered this mouse, but it was a CGI mouse. It was like Ratatouille in there, like twitching on the ground. It was it was kind of sad, but kind of kind of dumb. Uh, I mean, they weren't they weren't going to murder an actual mouse on screen, not in this day and age. But uh, well, it, you can do it to a CGI mouse. They don't care. Yeah, Pete no. is Pete's not going to be up in arms about not that. Yet, no. Well, 
It's PETA, so they probably actually would be up in arms about yeah. that. But. Well, they'd be up in arms about him keeping a tank of bats in his lab. What the fuck? He's so got a hurricane of it's, bats. It's like the Snowpiercer <laughs> crickets. Like, it's yeah, it's a hurricane of bats in a tube. Do they ever stop flying? They must roost up toward the ceiling at some point or another. But it seems like they're in perpetual motion. It's like a, yeah, it's like a hurricane tube it's, of, it's of like bats. A, it's like a cloud of piranha. Well, we also see him at some point in, in Peru or something like that, where he, like, he gets hit in the face with a bunch of bats. Remember that? <laughs> he was in a cave, and they all, like, smacked into his face. Yeah. And then later on, he has power over the bats that causes another... The, uh, I fucking... The, uh, okay, so it's a, it's a superhero movie, so they gotta have fights with the superheroes and the villains and the whatever. Ah, <sighs> the fights are shitty. Though I do, my I do have to say that one of my, one of the parts of the movie that made me laugh the the loudest and the longest is Matt Smith and Jared Leto are having a fight, or well, you know, their characters are having a fight in the New York subway. And during the course of the fight, like they are legitimately like bouncing around off the walls, falling down escalators, uh, crashing through walls, and New York commuters are just walking by this carnage as if just nothing has happened. Like, you know, it's like, ah, fuck, there's another vampire fight. I just want to go home. (laughs) If it's not vampires, it's giant sandmen. If it's not sandmen, it's alligators. If it's not alligators, it just, it made me laugh so hard because there's, there is one point and it is very obvious that they filmed the scene with extras that didn't know where the, you know, where the action parts were going to be. Because there's one part where the two of them collide full speed and slide down like the corridor of the subway, and this woman just like very nonchalantly just walks past it. And I think it, maybe that's that was intentional to be comical. Maybe I, I, like, if it was, like, you know, New Yorkers are like that. They're so jaded that you if know. it was, it was the funniest goddamn part of the movie. Because I was just like, holy shit! <laughs> Every time I see those kinds of fights in these uh, superhero movies, I always think that somebody somewhere saw a panel in one of these comics where so, like, it was like a big one, like a two-page panel or something or like a really large sideways thing that showed one guy pushing against the other guy and him sliding all the way back and it was like this real dramatic thing and they're going to try and recreate it with you know, kind of giving that uh, fan service vibe and also kind of trying to give it that comic book energy and not have it be like another oh, dark sure. vampire movie. I mean, I every time we talk about any sort of pop culture property that originated as either a comic or a graphic novel or something like that, I always complain that they don't use what is very clearly and obviously an already made storyboard moment in the original artwork for their film. And I think your point is, is that Maybe they did that, and it just didn't sh- just didn't show up the way it should have. Yeah, and who has the Morbius comics? Who even wants to look them up? I mean, again, all apologies to all you big Morbius fans out there that might listen to this podcast. I know you're significant, and I know you have strong feelings about it. But you must admit, Morbius is not something that a lot of people are going to say, oh, I remember that in Morbius issue 16 where he had this fight and it was like... I don't mm. I don't think there are actually any standalone Morbius comics oh. because he was, always, he was always a character that was surrounded by other characters because he was a Spider-Man nemesis. Right. He was a... He was, you know, he was part of a group, like, I think there... I think he was part of a group at one point called, like, the League of Monsters or, like... Like, like... <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, it was like... It just, it was all the weird you know, lumpy monster characters that they were like, I just put them all together. Like we got like a Frankenstein and like a vampire and shit. Like just put them all together. It's fine. Just, just make a, make a thing out of that. All right. So Morbius has got two problems. One of them is Milo who is going crazier and crazier and trying to get Morbius to come over to his side. Milo played by Matt Smith, chews a lot of scenery. He reminds me of, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Patrick Bateman from uh, American Psycho. American Psycho. Mm-hmm. Like when he's going, like when he's dancing. He's, to yeah, Huey he's Lewis. dancing around to Huey Lewis and stuff. That's the way Matt Smith played it, and he's one of the doctors who. And uh, was he well thought of as a doctor? I think so. I think people genuinely enjoyed his performance yeah. as the doctor. I thought he. Uh, I mean, he he did he he acted. 
<laughs> yes, I think of, of everybody in this film, the most enjoyable performance was turned out by him. Why is it always the British actors that do so well in these things? I think it's because, I think it's just because they, you know, they're the character. history in the theater where you have to act to the back of the room, right? And so Matt Smith is acting like, he he could be on stage and he's acting to the back of the room, you know? I I mean, you know, it's, you're in a fucking Morbius movie. Yeah, he's like two steps down from Richard III, though. I mean, like, (laughs) you know, he's really... He's, he's really chewing up the scenery, and he's a super-duper bad guy, and he's going absolutely crazy. So so that's one of Morbius's problems. The other one is he's got a ticking clock because uh, he has he can't control his vamping out. The hunger. The hunger, unless he consumes blood. But he doesn't want to consume the blood of humans, so he uses true blood from that TV series. That's not real blood. <laughs> well, it's... His version of it, but yeah. His version of True Blood, but it's that's infected with vampire bats. No, no, I don't think that the. I think you're. I think you're conflating two two of Morbius's inventions. The vampire bat serum is one thing. That's the one that turned him into a vampire. Right. He had a little DNA model that was going by on the screen. I thought that was kind of cool. I think. Look, I will. I will give the movie credit for this. The first act of the movie is extremely streamlined. It does not waste a lot of time explaining anything that does not need to be explained. It's like sick kids, they grow up, they become sick adults who have science. What is the science? We don't need to explain it. It involves bats. Look at this computer. And then he becomes a vampire. Like legitimately, it is it is that streamlined. We yeah. don't spend a lot of time lingering on any details or getting caught up in any sort of relational storyline bullshits. We are just trucking along and then things fall apart after that. So there's these two problems that he has to face. Sure. And we have to deal with both of them and they have to kind of come together somehow. Okay. And it has to, I don't know that he finished by the end of the movie figuring out how to go about fixing his increased need for blood or the 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 he has this artificial blood which isn't made of bats no it's not made of bats it's made of failure it's made of failure and he can use that to waylay the hunger in him in increasingly smaller time periods right so he drinks a pint of of true blood right of blue blood blue blood at the beginning you know of like three o'clock in the afternoon and then he's got four hours and 20 minutes and then the next time he in that and he's got to drink some more. Sure. And then the next time he's only got four hours and five minutes left. Right. And then the next time, and then the next time, and so pretty soon he's going to not be able to control his vamping out, and he's going to go around murdering people and drinking their blood. Right. I guess, but see, this is one of those those movie problems that's kind of easily solved in that if the blood that he's consuming is like voluntarily given who cares if it's fake blood or real blood yeah i mean there was a um an old tv series called kolchak the night stalker uh-huh. and it was based on a tv movie called kolchak the night stalker sure, or, or, or the night stalker <laughs> and the thing was the story was is it was a mystery all the hospitals were being broken into and their supplies of blood were being stolen Okay. All right. And then Kolchak goes out and finds out, well, it's actually a vampire. Oh. You know? Or, you know, like, like in Twilight, they they were given Bella <laughs> blood in the milkshakes. Right. Milkshake. Or, no, no, it wasn't in a milkshake. It was it was in a little cup, though. A little it, was, milkshake it was a cup. sippy cup. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> a sippy cup so, of blood. I mean, but sure. I mean, you could steal blood from the hospitals or something like that. And I guess my other question, because this is, this is one of those solutions that Buffy the Vampire Slayer slash Angel... F- figured out it's like is there a huge difference between animal blood and people blood like isn't aren't they essentially very similar compounds in that blood is kind of blood like why couldn't did did he ever try a sippy cup of pig's blood no, that would have been a good side of the movie. You know, or like like the, you could have experimented instead of being like, well, I, I can either have this this synthetic blood or human blood, and that's it. Ooh, could they 
uh, dovetail this into the Buffy verse somehow, and they and that you know they're going to reboot Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's only a matter of time, yeah, maybe before they redo it. I mean, it, Dracula it, showed up in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Dracula is a character in the Marvel Universe. Wow, you know it would have been a fun character to make Dracula <laughs> instead of Morbius. Well, we stuff. do have we do have the Renfield movie coming out soon, in which Nicolas Cage is Dracula to Nicholas Holtz Renfield. Who is Nicholas Holtz? Nicholas Holt is, uh, he's an actor that's been in a bazillion things. He was Beast in the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, he was in also the, in, uh, He's he plays, I think, I can't remember the... No, I know the guy you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's, he, he's uh, Catherine the Great's husband, uh, Czar something or other, in the, the Great, which is on Hulu. Mm. He's been in a bazillion things. Another English actor. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know. They're all, they're all English actors. But yes, so, so I mean, you know maybe i i don't think that anyone needs morbius in their extended universe but mm-hmm. i mean you know, if you <laughs> want anybody another... need morbius at all that's the question i don't it's, know i mean i didn't need morbius i didn't need morbius either but uh, so so we should just get to the chase i mean like here wrap it up we got the two problems so how does he how does he deal with these problems well he murders his friend with poison right and then he flies away with some bats Right. And his girlfriend is murdered, but is she? Well, she's murdered, but she bites Morbius' lip when he goes to kiss her goodbye. Oh, yeah. And, and, he, and she gets some of that good Morbius blood in her mouth. Yeah. Like one drop, apparently, is enough to do it. Right. And, and right then, before the end, you see her open her, her eyes. She opens her eyes, and they're red. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. She's not dead. Yeah. Uh, they, they do so much in this movie to set up future movies both Morbius and otherwise, and I don't think any of those movies are going to happen. Yeah, it just felt like they didn't care. I mean, they they obviously, it obviously took them a long time to make it. They obviously spent a lot of money on it, and they promoted it, and then re-promoted it, and, and everybody hated it. Uh, well, but- the, I, so there were, there's a couple of things to, to think about in this. The first of which is, this movie was made during the pandemic, which I think is one of the reasons why there is an extremely limited number of actors involved in this film. Like, if you look at the cast, like, you never really see more than, like, maybe four or five people involved Wow, that's a good observation. I really didn't notice, but yeah, you're absolutely right. There's only a few people in this. And because of the pandemic, the release date of this film kept getting pushed back and back and back. Originally, I think it was actually supposed to come out at the end of 2020, and then it got pushed to like March or April of 2021. And then it got pushed to October of 2021. And then eventually it finally came out in 2022. So it just kind of was lingering on and on and on. Once like, it, like a cloud of vampire bats. Like a cloud of vampire bats in a tube. Yeah. Um, and then... Oh, yeah, he has the vampire bats attack uh, Milo at some point, too. The, oh, he end. has to attack Milo with the vamp, the tube of vampire bats. Yes. It, like, it, it's like a gigantic swarm. It's like a murmuration of bats. Right. And flying he, and, he, and like flies them all into Matt Smith's face, pinning him down with bat bodies. Just in and New York. There's just a ton of bats in New York. Was that inside when that was happening? In, it's like down below in the sewers. Oh, in the sewers. Bats, like, bats live in sewers. Bats Anyways, live in yeah. sewers. And so the, the, the bats pin him down so that he can inject the poison into Matt Smith. Right. That's and then how... Matt Smith says, don't poison me. And he's like, sorry, bro. And then he dies. Yeah. Dead. So the other thing that I think is just kind of a, a thing to keep in mind about this movie is just how fucking stupid Sony was about it. They didn't realize that this was a movie no one wanted to see. Then it came out and the internet got a hold of it and was like, fuck this movie. This movie is so stupid and bad that we are going to make so much fun of it. So the first thing was, is I think that it actually got leaked somehow and people were posting it all over the internet, including uh, there was, there was a point where people were posting it in two minute increments, like 52 two minute increment segments on Twitter. So if you wanted to watch the movie, you could download it in two minutes at a time recreate the movie and watch it without actually going and spending money wow. on, it. on the list of unimportant uninspired things to do with your life that that's way up high on the list there was an incredibly popular twitch channel called morbius 24 7 where they just played a pirated copy of morbius 
24 hours, seven days a week that had thousands of followers on it. We live in amazing times, Megan. People started reporting false box office returns on the internet as basically just like clickbait for people who were too stupid to realize that this was the case. I think at one point somebody had corrected or miscorrected the Wikipedia entry from Morbius reporting that it had made like $842 trillion at the box office. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, my, my favorite one was someone had reported that it made like $89 more billion at the box <laughs> office. Billion. yeah, sure. And this group of shit posters started to refer to themselves as morb heads and would go around shit posting and making up silly memes on the internet. The most popular being a... a sort of twist on the it's morphin time from the mighty morphin power rangers oh i thought it was clobberin time from the fantastic four well it could be a little bit of each because the 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 shitpost meme that came from it was it's morbin time and they would take it and then splice it with clips from the film so it looked like that's what jared leto's character was saying <laughs> so all of this increased quote-unquote interest in the movie is what convinced sony hey look everybody's talking about morpheus or Mor morbius. Not, not, sorry not morpheus that was in a different series that's a movies. different fucking yes morbius like everybody's talking about morbius everybody even if they're hate watching it like we should re-release it so people can go hate watch it in the movie theaters again yeah, it didn't make us money the first time. We aren't going to waste any money making it again. So you I know. think initially the initial run of it made like seventy nine or eighty million dollars. I don't believe that's even close to what they co cost to make the movie. But I didn't look up the numbers. I didn't. I, but the, I do know that the second uh, the second release of the film only made like two hundred and eighty thousand dollars in a thousand theaters, which is that's pretty pretty piss poor. But of course, the shit posters got back on the shit posting train and started hashtag on Twitter called I think it was called Morbius Sweep or something like that, and they were tr they were pushing to see if they could get the uh, production company to release it yet again, making it a quote unquote hack trick of uh, uh, yeah that's right. like you score three goals one guy scores three goals in a hockey game it's a hat trick right exactly and the the the, the tagline was. We were busy the last weekend you released it. <laughs> that's good. So that's good. That's that's a lot funnier than the the movie was. I the the thing that surprised me the most about this, and I think we you know we're probably close to wrapping up. I think we told you everything that's in the movie. The thing that surprised me most is that how much I couldn't even work up the energy to hate it. It it, it was it was bad. Um, We've seen worse. Oh, I've Marvel seen worse Mar Marvel movies. No question. I mean, X Men uh, Origins, the Wolverine movie, <laughs> is one of the worst. Yeah, uh, it's actually several, and and a Sony movie, and two versions of the Dark Phoenix <laughs> movies were both worse than this. Yeah, uh, it, look, it's it's like such a nothing burger of a movie. Uh, I can't. I just can't understand. I mean. <sighs> It doesn't seem like they had a good script and the company was meddling with it. That's what I was thinking at first. Maybe there was a good script there and Sony was trying to like like add parts in like to make it more exciting at this part or that part or maybe like eliminate some dialogue here and put it in there. But I don't even think that was. I think it was just a, this placeholder thing. You had to do it. It was because it's Marvel. They figured everyone's going to go to see it anyway because of Marvel. But once again, Sony's behind the curve. Marvel, you know, ever since they did the the uh, uh, Infinity uh, Wars thing, uh, Marvel has, has kind of cooled off a little bit. It's not as it's not as intensely uh, popular where you can just drop something out there and say it's Marvel and everyone will go see it immediately. Yeah, you have to actually put a little bit of thought and effort behind your Marvel property. Which is why something like the Hawkeye TV show was so good, because they took some time and effort to tell an actual story instead of something like Morbius or, you know, fill in the blank or Moon Knight. Sorry, if you liked Moon Knight, I hated it. It was just like, well, we, we know that this formula works, right? We've made money off of it before, right? Yeah, and, I, you know, I'd say that you, the, some of those, like, 
the, even the ones that pe- people did. I liked Ms. Marvel. I liked that. Ms. Marvel one. was very I liked good. Loki. That was cool. Loki was fine. I I liked it because I liked the character. I didn't think it was like the best, but sure. Yeah, but this falls short of those. Oh, yeah. But it's 100%. better than some of the worst uh, in entries. It's just that it became such a laughing stock that I thought I was going to watch it and I thought it was going to be like nails on a chalkboard. I thought it was going to be like, oh my God, how am I going to sit through this? And I sat through it and I said, well, that was disappointing. Yeah. A, what You know what the kids would call it today. Oh, no. Mid. for listening to Cinema Super Collider. You can find us online at anchor.fm, but you can also subscribe to our podcast via any of the major podcast networks, including the Apple Store, Spotify, and others. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. Thanks, and we hope to see you again in the future. There's a monster in my pants and-